we should rock out to go tell it on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and that intro song. Goodness gracious. Thanks, I thought Justin's guys. hands were going to catch on fire at the end of that song. <laughs> it's crazy. Awesome. So good. Thank you for those beautiful notes you bring. Thank you for being here bright and early. Just thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, my name is Melody, the elf. My name is Josh, the South Pole elf. Yes. <laughs> Don't you got to be gangster? Though? Uh-huh. You got to be a little bit gangster. No, you're... South Pole elf is just a grumpy one from oh, Elf, remember? Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm angry. I'm an All angry right. elf. Well, welcome this morning. We are happy you are here. Are you happy you're here? Yeah? Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah? Well, I am one of the pastors here, as is... South Pole Elf. Yes. Um, And we are just happy to be here with you this morning. Can't believe that 2022 is coming to a close. Mm. Can't believe that it is Christmas next week. But as you can tell, I'm a little bit excited. Christmassy. I broke out my Christmas shoes. I know. I did not. Where do I get a pair of those? Do you have you, some for if me? You, if you want a pair, here, I'll come this way. If you want a pair, you can't have it because I made them. Oh, wow. I've literally been upstaged by you. I would, I would love to see what you could do with those shoes. <laughs> with Josh. these shoes? I don't know that I would bedazzle these. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> Probably not. Put bells on it, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Ching, ching, ching. Anyway, well, let's get to the point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are happy that you're here. Uh, if you're visiting us for the first time this morning or just checking us out, we would just love to connect with you. Uh, if you would fill out a connect card and then bring it to one of us out in the courtyard there, I think I'll be pretty easy to spot. Let's get you a mm-hmm. Santa hat. I uh, yeah, can, I need to festive up a little bit. I bet we I'll can, do something yeah, so we'll, people can find We'll me. redo Josh for after service. Okay. Um, but just a couple of things that I would like to share with you. On Friday night here, we had Coco in the courtyard with several people. It was... Ooh. It was a chilly outside, but we made uh, Ooh, cookie, cookie sweaters. Uh, we had cocoa. What else did we do? Oh, we played caroling bingo, right? Aww. That was excellent. Look at those boys right there. We had a little photo booth. Um, so it was just a great time. Look at those boys yeah. right there. <laughs> There's the big boys. <laughs> um, so it was really fun. And just thank you to all who came out. And if you missed it, just, you know, there's always something around the corner that you can get to. And so um, just thank you to everyone who came and um, to everyone who had a, a part in putting that together. So that was on Friday. But what is happening this Saturday... Is that correct? Yes, so soon. Saturday, we are having a Christmas Eve service right in here at 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Thank you. That's December 24th. (laughs) Um, And so it is just a really sweet time of just uh, caroling and um, just kind of really a reflective, a reflective uh, evening of what is Christmas. And it's a beautiful, if you've ever been in here with all the candles in here, it is just a beautiful time. And we really encourage you to come. Hey, if you have family in town, bring them. We, we pull out extra chairs for this day. Uh, we're ready for you. There's going to be some, some regular calf coffee, some decaf coffee. 
some little snacks for you to enjoy. So um, please join us on Christmas Eve. Um, also, because here next Sunday is Christmas Day, and we will not be gathering Christmas Day. So uh, just make sure you take note of that. Um, we will uh, just have everyone enjoy time with their families and time together. And um, there is a little guide uh, for you if you wanted to have a little Christmas Day uh, reflective moment for your uh, family. Uh, there are guides right in that back table in front of the chalkboard. And we encourage you to take one of those. But um, we wish you a very, very merry week. And um, may all the craziness and may all the sweaters you might have to, I have plenty if you need to borrow one. Um, may all of that, um, you know, just, I don't know, I feel like this is a very different Christmas for our family. And I feel like I just got to do, I just got to do the next thing. I just got to do the next thing. I just got to do the next thing. So we wish that for you this week. Yeah, and then looking on beyond Christmas, which seems crazy to do, but it's only a week away, man. Uh, on January 1st, we will be having a service here. That's our first Sunday of the month. We normally do a soup Sunday on that Sunday. We will not be doing it that Sunday. Uh, we will be doing it the Sunday after uh, on January 8th. And the reason is, is that we will also be having a dance party. Woo! Raise your hand if you love dancing. I'm seeing that. I'm marking. Everyone who has their hands down, I'm going to pull you up onto the stage and make you dance with me. That's why I did that. So it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a dance party. There's going to be soup. Like Grant said last week, we don't know how that's going to go together, but it's going to go together. There'll will, be some jiggling. Will there be line dancing? There will be. I mean, yeah. If you start line, I know how to line dance. Will there be, what's another kind of dance? Will there be salsa? Salsa. Will there be a... Uh... <laughs> Polka. I don't know what polka is. Come on. Yeah. I can't. You'll, you'll Lollipop Guild dancing. We represent. Uh, yeah, so there will be dancing. Uh, honestly, kicking off the new year, just having fun, being silly together, gathering together. A big part of community and family is laughing, right? So that's what we want to do. We want to laugh. We want to dance. We want to have a good time and hang out. So that is happening. Uh, super excited about that. And... I believe that was it, yes? yes. Or did I miss you? Good. Uh, so I'm going to pray for us this morning and pray for Grant, and after that, we're going to have the Keelys come up and read our scripture and part of the Christmas carol. Well, Lord, we pause right now as we sit uh, at the beginning of what most likely is going to be a busy week with last-minute shopping and wrapping and festivities and parties so many things that are on our mind as we enter the new year. God, I pray that you just create space this morning. Space where we can encounter you. Where we can pause in the busyness. Where we can declutter our mind and have an opportunity to simply worship you through song, through hearing from your word, uh, through gathering in community. Lord, I pray for Grant right now as he wraps up the series that we're in. Lord, that you would just bless him with clarity and all the preparation and direction, Lord, that your spirit would speak through him. Lord, I pray as he's even on this stage that he would just be taking great joy in this opportunity to bring your word to us this morning. So God, we're so grateful for that. And we're so grateful for this season that we get to gather, that we get to understand the true meaning of what all this is about. 
that we get to experience a different life because of what you did so many years ago. So Lord, we give all these things to you and entrust them to you in your name. Amen. Let's welcome the Keeleys. This is an excerpt from the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. The bell struck twelve. Scrooge looked around him for the ghost and saw it not. As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley and lifted up his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground towards him. The phantom slowed, gravely, silently approached. When it came near him, Scrooge bent down upon his knee. It was shrouded in a deep black garment, which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible, save one outstretched hand. But for this, it would have been difficult to detach its figure from the night and separate it from the darkness by which it was surrounded. He felt that it was tall and stately when it came beside him and that its mysterious presence filled him with a solemn dread. He knew no more, for the spirit neither spoke nor moved. Am I in the presence of ghost of Christmas yet to come, said Scrooge? The spirit answered not, but pointed onward with his hand. You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not yet happened, but will happen in the time before us? Scrooge pursued. Is that so, spirit? The upper portion of the garment was contracted for an instant in its folds, as if the spirit had inclined its head. That was the only answer he received. Although well used to ghostly company by this time, Scrooge feared the silent shape so much that his legs trembled beneath him and he found that he could hardly stand when he prepared to follow it. The spirit paused a moment as if observing his condition and giving him time to recover. Ghost of the future, he exclaimed. I fear you more than any specter I've seen, but as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I'm prepared to bear your company and to do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? It gave him no reply. The hand was pointed straight before them. Lead on, said Scrooge, lead on. The night is waning fast and it is precious time to me. I know, lead on spirit. The phantom moved away as it had come before him. Scrooge followed in his shadow, which bore him up. He thought and carried him away. This ex, ooh, am I on? Oh yeah, okay. This excerpt is from John's Gospel, uh, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, all, or through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Amen. And may God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, you guys. Yeah, I can put this over here. This is good. Thank you, guys, Brian and Kate. This was up here. I'm assuming it's for me. We have a secret Santa thing at church right now, and there's a box of lemon heads on the thing with a thing on it. Thank you, whoever you are. I got my guesses, but I don't know. So as you may have gathered, if you're here with us for the first time, uh, that we are, for Advent, going through a sort of journey with uh, Charles Dickens' world that he created in the book The Christmas Carol. And many of you have probably seen the movies, uh, whether it's The Muppets or whether it's Bill Murray and Scrooged or the new one with Will Ferrell. It's a very popular and well-known story, even though it was published in 1843 is when it was published. It still has a lot of relevance, I think, for our time and place. And it seems a good way to celebrate and consider this Advent season. So we've done quite a journey so far. Uh, we've discovered about the power of the past. It has shaped us all, not only our past, but the past, for example, of our parents and grandparents and other people who have been significant in our lives. Uh, we thought about the question of how to live in the present. You know, we all have the same allotment of 24 hours a day, and we have a decision to make as to how to fill them and use them. And then the future is another big part. Even though it's our future ahead of us, in many ways it's a foreign land to us, full of mystery. We don't know really what is coming in the future. So after being introduced at the beginning of the book in some scenes which, as Art Douglas described in a very brief uh, description uh, of Scrooge as a jerk, a wealthy jerk, uh, we entered into this world of ghostly visitations. The first person or ghost that came to visit Ebenezer Scrooge when he made his way back home to his cold, lonely house was Jacob Marley, Scrooge's long-dead business partner. And he was hung with the chains. The first thing uh, Scrooge hears is actually the sound of chains being dragged. It's because Jacob is hung with the chains that he made from his life of greed and selfishness. And he's now condemned to roam the world, wishing now to do good, but unable to do so because he is now long dead. He tells Scrooge that this Christmas Eve will be a very special Christmas Eve, and he will be visited by three spirits from whom he must learn if he is to escape the same fate that befell his former business partner. 
Scrooge, we discovered, we thought about, needed a savior. And in the book, Jacob Marley kind of serves as that role. Jacob Marley says, I have created this night for you that you might learn from it and change that Scrooge might have clarity to see things the way they really are, his past, his present, and his potential future. It's what a gift of grace that is in the story. It's quite an amazing thing to have such a clear view of this is what the decisions you made, and this is where it led to, this is what is happening in the world right now, and this is where it's headed. Uh, So this morning, in fact, no, let's go back uh, so we, the second spirit was the, uh, the ghost of Christmas past, and Pastor Melody over here shared, our elf, our Christmas elf, Pastor Melody, shared that message. If you've ever wondered what the ghost of Christmas past sounds like, then you can wonder no more. Melody, do you remember the day before your senior prom, and you thought it was a good idea to perm your hair? And your mom told you not to, but you did it anyway. Look at your face, Melody. And look at your mom. She's saying, I told you so. Excellent. That was good. So now you know. And showed Scrooge key moments in his life that had brought him to such a dreadful place as a human being who is dehumanized with no care or empathy for anyone around him. Alone. Last week, Pastor Josh shared about the spirit of Christmas present, and really uh, this, this spirit showed Scrooge the world around him from which he is shut out due to his meanness. And one of the most amazing parts of that, when he sees the home of his, um, the guy who works with his clerk, Bob Cratchit, and this family who have very little, but they're experiencing this profound time of togetherness and joy. So at this point, a lot has happened to Scrooge, and he seems to have begun to understand that there is, and even have some desire to change. Really, things are happening. It's like uh, the Grinch, whose, whose heart was a few sizes too small, right, starts to kind of open up. But there is one more spirit to come. And this morning, we're going to think about this one. It's the spirit of Christmas future, or the spirit of, uh, of Christmas to come. And again, take Scrooge on a journey of discovery, And whilst the other two spirits, there's some differences here. While the other two spirits were quite conversational, they engaged with Scrooge verbally, this spirit is completely silent. It merely points with this, well, the movies have a bony finger, right? It draws Scrooge's attention, right? And also, whereas the ghosts of Christmas past and present show actual events that are in time truthfully real, Uh, This one shows things which may or may not come to pass. So this appearance brings a very different emotional response from Scrooge, Uh, whereas in the past he experiences maybe a little bit of joyful memory, but a lot of regret. In the presence, he's kind of experiencing wonder and opening up of his horizons about life. This future is about fear. And the silence of the spirit heightens the sense of fear because Scrooge looks for reassurance and receives not a word back. He's stuck in considering the truth of what may come to pass, and he is frightened. So there are six scenes that are shown with the bony finger pointing. We're going to go through those. The first one is Scrooge's business associates gathered in the street, and they're in a huddle, and they're discussing someone's death. Someone has died. And they're discussing it with just really kind of humor and callous interest. If you ever read the book, it's quite amusing the way Dickens writes this thing. These men are are caricatures of these wealthy people for whom this 
person, whomever this person is who's died, doesn't really bother them that much. The second one is a picture, a story of a scene of some people gathered in a really nasty little part of the town. And they're, they're coming, three of them are coming with belongings of someone who has died and selling them, getting some money from it. Uh, including bed curtains with the rings still attached uh, and other bits and pieces of cutlery. And even the, the shirt that the dead man was wearing was taken off of the body and replaced with a cheap piece of cloth to be buried in because it was worth some money to these people. And they have robbed this body. The third thing is a room containing a covered body in a bed that Scrooge is terrified to look at because he's starting to fear that this indeed might be his future that he is witnessing. People discussing one who's died with disinterest. People selling belongings for money and a body lying dead under a sheet on a bed. The fourth image is this, a couple who are in debt feeling that they might sleep well tonight because the one to whom they owed money is now dead. And they, even though their money, their debt will be passed to another person, they couldn't even imagine a worse person to get the debt, so they might sleep well tonight because there's no one as merciless as the person they owed to. And Scrooge now understands that this is about him. And he begs the ghost to relent and show him something positive. Show me something warm with joy about this future. Show me something, spirit. But what he shows him is Bob Cratchit's house with a family devastated by the loss of Tiny Tim, who has passed away. And in the final scene, the spirit leads Scrooge into a cemetery and points to one particular stone that Scrooge discovers to his horror bears his own name. And so we leave Scrooge sobbing and begging his spirit for another chance. He says this, he, he's, he's desperate. He says, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shout out the, shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me that I may sponge away the writing on this gravestone. And amazingly, the spirit shrinks back into Scrooge's own bedpost, which appears before him. And somehow Ebenezer Scrooge is back where he began, in his own bed, very disoriented by what has happened. And I'm going to read the finale. This is, this is what happens after this. So you're sitting comfortably. Should we give out, remember we gave out popcorn one time when there was a particularly long passage? We should do that again sometime. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. I will live in the past and the present and the future, Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice was scarcely answer to his call. He'd been sobbing violently in his conflict with the spirit and his face was wet with tears. They are not torn down, cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They are not torn down, rings and all. They are here, I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been have been dispelled. They will be, I know they will. His hands were busy with his garments all the time, tearing them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. 
I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Happy New Year to all the world. Hello there. Whoop, hello. You feel it? Relief that he's alive. I check a second chance. So then he does this incredible 180 degree turn. He sends expensive food to Bob Cratchit's house. He calls to everyone he meets in the street with a hearty well wishing. He donates a large sum of money to a charity, to the people he rejected earlier. He gives Bob Cratchit a pay increase and he resolves to live differently in every aspect of his life. And this is how it ends. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. And you know, reading through Christmas Carol, I appreciate all that comes before, and I find it very resonant and meaningful and powerful. But I don't know about you, but this ending, though wonderful, seems a bit simplistic, a bit of a caricature, because we all know that life doesn't work quite like that. The past, it keeps on haunting or hurting us often and others. The present presents us with all kinds of choices and we struggle to live well in the moment. And the future remains a place that we often avoid considering, especially when it involves the slow creep of old age and our unavoidable death that we do not want to think about. And how many times have we seen someone, perhaps even ourselves, who've had a scary experience or maybe even a brush with death and come out filled with new resolutions to change, but after some time of normality and trusting again in the dependability of life, just reverting to the same old ways that we lived before. There are some genuine lessons to take from Scrooge's transformation, of course. Scrooge's redemption involves this wonderful movement from solitude to community. He's out and about. He even goes to church. It just says, and Scrooge went to church. Doesn't say what happened there, how good or boring the sermon was, you know, how good the music was. Uh, he moves from selfishness to seeming generosity, and he moves from regret and fear to some sense of commitment and optimism. But a story like this can only take us so far. So that is not where we will end the story, Advent 2022, A Christmas Carol. Because like most, if not all, of the good stories in our world about redemption and transformation that we read or we watch or we tell each other, this wonderful short tale of human transformation is only an echo of the real thing. It is an echo of the real thing. As we saw in week one, if you were here for that, this story of spiritual visits from beyond the grave, although it might seem alien to the Christian faith, is actually all the way through the Bible. Many, many times people had some kind of appearance. Mary herself had this angelic appearance telling her this path before her. Or other appearances to share knowledge or even to convict someone of their wrongdoing and warn them. But both there and here, every messenger from whatever 
source point to one perfect voice and messenger, one exemplary life, one counselor, one friend, one truth teller. In the new year, we're going to study through the book of Hebrews, and this is how it begins. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. We are not living in a storybook and I think sometimes we like Christmas because it keeps us in the realm of a light, shallow, joy, merriment, celebration. But we are living in the seriousness of reality as human beings made in the image of God. This has been a fun and entertaining story with some good morals in it. But in reality, life is deadly serious and we need more than simply trying to do better and keep Christmas in our hearts. We've seen and experienced the importance and the power of our past and present and future. And I think many of us have had some things churned up throughout this season, much about the past, regret, guilt, wondering why we can't seem to overcome the wounds either by our own choices or the choices of others. The present, how now shall we live? And the future. For Ebenezer Scrooge, Marley, the first appearance, his old partner, was his catalyst for change, his, the means of it, his saving friend. We too need a savior for our past and present and future. And Jesus is that savior for our past and present and future. So we don't need to simply forget about the past or try and stuff it down or just muddle along in the present day or struggle to maintain that kind of determined optimism about the future. We do that a lot, don't we? Just think happy thoughts about the future and it'll all work out. Just forget about the stuff in the past and it won't affect me anymore. And just try your best each day. I'm going to read you something from Revelation. It's amazing when stories connect with this story of God, the story of salvation in such wonderful ways. And in Revelation chapter 1, there's the description of Jesus Christ. Uh, John begins, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever, amen. Luke, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is Jesus. This is what we need. Because we are present people. I don't mean presence people like this. 
I mean, present people. We are so tied in every way to right now. This is a problem for us. This is why the past seems it's unchangeable and it affects us and the future is scary and unknown and we try to forget about it. Scrooge shows us this. Scrooge seems quite quickly to have understood that he's in trouble and he probably needs to change, but he wants to shortcut the process. He wants it now, quick, fix me. In fact, he says, couldn't I have all the ghosts at one time at the beginning? Just bring them all now. Let's get this thing over with, Jacob. I know you want to do me good, so let's get it done. Present. Might have been, he might have been able to avoid some of the particularly disturbing elements of the process, right? Particularly when it's concerned with his own death. He could have maybe avoided that. And we are so like him, as fixed as we are to the present. We seek to rid ourselves of anything that interrupts our present comfort and peace. Right now, we want quick fixes. God wants deep, genuine transformation over time. We want shortcuts. God wants a steady faithfulness in the same direction. We want easy living. God wants authentic living. We would not, we'd rather not consider our mortality and the certainty of our passing from this world. God wants us to live every day with sober reflection on the shortness of our days on earth. And the other characters in the story of the ghost of the future who Scrooge sees the bony finger pointing towards also tell us about this stuckness in the present. Scrooge's fellow moneymakers, the businessmen that he sees, don't care that he is dead. They only care about whether his funeral will include a lunch. How present is that? My tummy's grumbling. He's dead, but is it going to be lunch? One of them says, I'll bring some if I can get some. Potluck. And who's going to get his money? Scrooge's poor neighbors who steal his worldly goods to alleviate their poverty is poverty that he's helped sustain by his everyday present choices. That's the decision making the present. I need to get some money now. I'm going to sell his stuff. Take the shirt off of his dead body. Sell it. A small child, Tiny Tim, succumbs to the hardships of this life, leaving his family in grief because they didn't have enough money to sustain his life for one more day in the present and a man is dead with no one to mourn his passing, and the only ones who are happy are his people who are in debt to him because tonight they might sleep well. This is the human condition of our stuckness in the present, past, present, future. So when we are we're living like this, when we are in this present moment and we, we pretty much evaluate everything from you know, my on the earth right now stuckness, what is the past about? Well, really, it gives us privilege or limitation for now. That's what the past is. Either you are benefiting from your past or you are being limited by your past, and there's nothing you can do about it. The present is simply a place to attain and gain control. Melody talked about this, that we want to control. That's what our present is about, to get stuff, to keep it, to control. And the future is what we think we are guaranteeing with confidence by what we do right now. That's all the future is. It's what we hope to reap from what we're doing right now of control, control, control. And Jesus Christ came to free us from all of that and let us live fully as human beings in all eternity. Christ with us, Emmanuel, who was and is and is to come. 
because he is unhindered from our past and our present and our future. This is quite radical. Christ who was and is and is to come is present in all aspects of all of our lives and not just in a general sense of the human race but in a specific individual sense of your actual life. So for the past, Jesus can give us wisdom and healing. Jesus is present in your past. We can go there with him and he can break the chains and heal the wounds because he is always present in and with us in our past. He is not hindered or cut, shut out from that. And we can be with him as we consider the past. The present is a place to surrender and live as a community. Jesus makes us in the present one people. We have a responsibility for one another. And the future is a place that Christ alone guarantees because Jesus is already there and he holds securely a place for us that he guarantees we don't have to be afraid of death. All the promises that God has made to us are yes and amen in Jesus. So actually some of the truest words that are spoken by Scrooge toward the end of the book is this, I will live in the past and the present and the future the spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. That's a really gospel thing to say. If Jesus is the spirit, I will live with Christ, filling my past, redeeming my past. I will visit it with him when it hurts, when I'm wounded, when I regret. I will say, Christ Jesus, you are with me. You are with me now. Help me to reflect and learn and be wise and heal me. And then in the present, you know, we can, sorry, whew, I got a lot of stuff in my past. It's been a big week for me. I'm actually doing this stuff right now, to tell you the truth, to seek help with this, whether it's pastoral help, whether it's therapeutic help, which is a great value, preferably both. I think the worst thing we can ever do is believe that because I can't visit, revisit the past, I can't change the past, there's nothing I can do about my past. But Christ dwells richly in your life story and he will meet you again and again there and he will heal you and free you. Melody said a couple of weeks ago, she quoted a, Brilliant preacher. No, I'm kidding. It was like, I, I shared something and I shared, you know, nothing's new under the sun, right? But I, uh, there was a guy, Jerry Root, preaching one time and he said this thing which reduced me to tears was that whatever happened to you when you were younger was not your fault, okay? But then he said, but if you don't choose now to take a grasp and a hold of the power and the presence and the love and the grace of Christ, then it is your fault, and that gave me different kinds of tears, but it also gave me a certain resolve to maybe change. I am working through my own past and that in my family, and I've discovered that it's powerful when Christ is in it, because Christ was in it, and he is still in it. 
And the present, what is the present? It is a place to surrender, we said. And the future is this place that Jesus guarantees. And Scrooge said it, I live in the past, the present, and the future. But he cannot ultimately do this. In the book, he can't do this. The spirits were with him for one brief night. We need the presence of the spirit that will be with us for our entire lives and on into eternity. And we have that in Christ. That's what we celebrate for Advent. There's something explosive and transformative and realer than real came into the world for us. So in Charles Dickens' own words, he said this. It's a book called Little Dorrit, and this is one of the characters says this. Be guided only by the healer of the sick, the raiser of the dead, the friend of all who were afflicted and forlorn, the patient master who shed tears of compassion for our infirmities. We cannot but be well if we put all the rest away and do everything in remembrance of him. There is no vengeance and no infliction of suffering from his life, I am sure. There can be no confusion in following him and seeking for no other footsteps, I am certain. And this is what, but we have a choice to make, to continue with the same exhausting present struggle with a past that continues to affect you and you cannot penetrate it, a future that is unknown to you and you can't ultimately control it, or you can surrender your life to the one who was and is and is to come and will never fail you ever. The door is open. And I hope that in any small way this morning, we all move a little closer to Christ. Remember, this is not a one-time deal. This is a lifelong journey of each time saying, here I am. You love me. You know me. Here I am. I'm yours. Always was. Am now. Always will be. Lead me, Lord Jesus. I will follow you as best as I can. We're going to have communion now as a means of responding because as Dickens said and the Apostle Paul also said, I'm not sure who said it first, (laughs) do everything in remembrance of him. So we're going to do this in remembrance of him. So as we say often, a new song, this is a special thing. It's not just bread and juice. It's, a, it's an act of response to say, this is the story I want for my life. I want to know you, Jesus. Don't know where it's going to lead me, but I'm going to trust you. And so we're going to just take a little bit of time. There'll be folks up here, folks back there uh, who will serve you if you want to take uh, the cup and the bread. And then go back to your seat and hold them and we'll take them all together in a short moment. So in the story that we remember, on the night Jesus was betrayed, and he went into the garden with his disciples, with his friends, and he was arrested, he was tried, and he was crucified. And on the third day, he rose again. All of the past, and all of the future, and all of the present met in him. All of our past, all of our present, all of our future, and everyone with whom we take this all around the world through all the centuries to remember the center point of all of human history, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So we take this piece of bread in remembrance of him and we pray, Lord, 
for the healing of the rifts, the brokenness, our bodies, our minds, our spirits. May your power be present for us to heal our past, to give us confidence and faith in the future, and now here today to live as brothers and sisters with unity and peace for your sake. And Scrooge experienced a form of redemption, but it didn't take care of, really take care of his past. It really just resulted in his attempt to just be a better person. By Christ's shed blood, we are forgiven. There's no condemnation for any of us anymore. It gives us confidence to live. We don't have to get it always perfect and right. We have grace and mercy and forgiveness, which can give us power to live with confidence, with joy, in this adventure with one another. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you did not consider your divinity is something to be used for your advantage, but you made yourself a servant. The least of these, you became nothing, even to death on a cross, that we might be set free. And in taking this cup, we ask, Lord, that you would give us your life again. In Jesus' name. Let's worship God for his presence with us all of our days, our past, right now in the present, and on into the future days, years that we have, and on into eternity. Let's worship the Lord.